What's good, people? It's your boy, Nathan Caton, and this is That's My Team, the podcast we talk to interesting football fans about being a football fan, who they support, why they support them, the highs and lows of being a, being a football fan. And this, this episode, I, I enjoyed. The last episode, that, that was for Joe. Yeah. As an Arsenal fan, he enjoyed it. <laughs> this one, oh, man, I, 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 oh, it's just, this was a good one. This was a good one. We spoke to fellow B, Natalie Sawyer, broadcaster, talk sport presenter. Um, and it was a, the day after we, uh, we, we, we gave Fulham a hiding. I say hiding. I mean, we won 3-2, but morally speaking, there was a hiding, okay? Yeah. West London is red with a bit of white stripes and black shorts, but West London is ours, baby. Fuck off, Fulham. Puss yo. <laughs> Just make a quick editing note for the start of this. Yeah, so. <laughs> Na- how good's Natalie, though? She was brilliant, man. Oh, she's great. She's yeah, so she's interesting. Normal. Yeah, and she, you know she's got a, a lot of like a lot of stories and experience yeah. in her world of broadcasting and stuff, um, and just a, a, ni- a nice person as well. She's she's really nice and uh, yeah, super interesting. Big football fan, and you can but you can tell she's got so many more stories. I'd like to hear all of her stories from the last yeah ten we, years. We want the tea. We want the tea, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but what a joy. Natalie Sawyer, you can find her on TalkSport on uh, Weekend Mornings, and she's brilliant on it as well. Yes, indeed. And uh, and she's a Brentford fan, so, you know, uh, I ain't got a bad word to say about Natalie. I mean, last week, know? last week when we were interviewing Ian Stone, I wore my Arsenal shirt, and Nathan was calling me a teacher's pet. I didn't say anything mean to Nathan for getting Natalie on. I just want you to know that I'm the nice guy in this relationship. <laughs> yeah, I'm the bitch. I'm okay, cool. <laughs> Should we do a listener's question? Yes, please. No Googling. This is this one's very Googleable. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Football fans, use your brains here, okay? Your trivia question is this. Who is the only player to have scored a hat-trick in the Premier League, the FA Cup, League Cup, Europa League, and Champions League? Five different tournaments. Who's the only player who scored a hat-trick in each of those five tournaments? know the answer you know what to do hit me up on insta at nathan.katum or twitter's at nathan katum all one word but yeah the only player to score hat-trick in champions league fa cup uh league cup europe league and premier league come right listeners i want to say i gave i gave nathan this bit of trivia it took him two guesses if you're a proper football fan you can you can do this come on yeah yeah no no googling yeah no i was pretty like pleased myself for getting it when he told me like it was very good yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh. It's a, you know what? Credit to I, I need to thank um, all my years of playing FIFA for getting the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Players like, oh yeah, that guy I played him on so and so. I do, cool. I do love it when you see those players come through, and it's like, like you're seeing uh, Thiago Almada. People are talking about him at the moment. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Signed him a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, he's got at least ninety-five potential. He'll do all right actually yeah. for Argentina. Mate, you know that um, that Croatian defender uh, Gavardiol. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Sign him on Brentford. Yeah, he's got, get them while they're young. He's got like ninety-two pace overall. He's got potential of like ninety something. Like, yeah, man, cool. I sold him in the end because I, I couldn't fit him into the team. I had too many defenders. <laughs> but the point is, he's good. He's good. Right, so there's, there's your two tips. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, let's crack on, man. Let's let's get into this, man. Uh, enjoy listen to uh, Nightly Soil's podcast, and yeah, till next time, man. I 
I am particularly going to enjoy today's episode. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna uh, reminisce. I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate because today's guest is none other than Talk Sports' very own Natalie Sawyer. How's it going? I'm, I'm well, Nathan. I'm really, really well. How are you? I'm, I'm cool. Well, come on, you, you know how we are. We, we, <laughs> so I should say, for context to the listeners, we are recording this <laughs> the day after uh, it was confirmed that West London is red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We literally are buzzing as bees do after yeah. that Fulham. Fantastic when it was as well. How did you? Uh, how did? How did you find the game? Were you there? I was there. Yes. Um, it was my dad's birthday as well, so it was like oh, a bit extra. Great birthday present. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you know what? I thought we made a storming start. Mm. I mean, how we weren't already 1-0 up within five minutes of the game, I don't know. But I know, of course, we scored very early. But I felt like we then, as soon as we scored, we just kind of retreated and allowed Fulham into the game. And it, we know the dangers of Fulham because yeah. they're having a crack at the season. So if you give them an, an inch, they'll take it. And obviously they did by the time half-time came around because it was 1-1. But I think the second half... I don't, I, we were just, it was brilliant. And we just turned it around and just upped our game, got back to kind of being, as we were at the start, really, just mm. a bit more dominant. And um, yeah, enjoyable, very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was It was kind of bittersweet for me because I was actually I was actually gigging. Oh. Yeah. Because that's, no, that's the one thing, like, I'm not complaining about being in the Premier League, right? <laughs> but <laughs> if I'm going to, they, they move the games at the drop of a hat and you're like, I made yeah. plans. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was purposely gigging on in London on Saturday night, thinking, okay, the game will be Friday, Saturday. You know, they, they've got yeah, yeah. lunchtime, Saturday, tea time, Saturday, all day Sunday. That's it. And then they went, no, no, here's a curveball, Nathan. Poof, Monday. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually was grateful they changed it because I was busy on the Saturday. So I was quite grateful it was the Monday. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't work for everyone. I totally understand. It doesn't work for everyone. And, and fixtures do get changed pretty... Um, Short notice, really, with a short notice. So, um, yeah. yeah. It's kind of disappointment, but at least you came off stage being like, yes. Oh, are. yeah. I, I should apologise to the people of Jersey. Um, I was, my set was very half-hearted. <laughs> <laughs> you said to them, anyone keeping me updated? Anyone tell me the score? Yeah, no? but if, you, if you're going to heckle me, heckle me with a score as well as an insult, please. <laughs> That'd be different. That's quite funny. Um, yeah, yeah, shit. By the way, you win a 3-1. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so you're a Brentford fan. Um, okay, I'll ask you the question I ask everyone on this podcast. Why? Why Brentford? <laughs> Why the bees? It's our local team. And uh, it was just, do you know what? It's a funny thing, really, because we are diehard Brentford fans, but it, it wasn't a family tradition. So it hasn't mm. gone back generations being Brentford fans. Um, it was really more to do with my my brother who loves playing football when he was younger and because of that we got involved with Brentford in the community and they were giving out tickets and that's how we all came along to Brentford and I mean we grew up right by Kew Bridge so obviously Griffin Park was our local uh, pub to go to yeah. and that was it the rest is history and, and in a way it's been a painful history for a lot of that time other than the last sort of five five yeah. or so years um or a bit longer but uh you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way because I love our schooling in terms of our education of football because we've had the hard knocks. We've had all the horrible times. And right now we're just enjoying ourselves with Brentford fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've definitely uh, been some hard, hard, harsh lessons. Yeah. Um, Don Doncaster. Home to Doncaster. I, don't. Uh, I, don't. I know, I know. <laughs> it's going to tend to therapy. 
exactly. There are painful memories of playoffs and like the Doncaster game, like you just mentioned as well. And just so many, even like Reading, if you're going back a few years before that, which yeah. again was a must-win game on the last game of the season, we go up one nil ahead and and they equalise and that was it. It was we had to win. They could they only had to draw to go up, and then we obviously ended up losing in the playoffs to Stoke that year. So um, I've been at all the playoff heartaches. I've I've suffered as many a Brentford fan has suffered. But like I say, right now how, we're not suffering, and it's quite nice. It's just quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like it's too good to be true? Like now we should we should go oh, back yeah. down just to kind of balance things out. <laughs> No, definitely don't go back down. But you know what I'm dreading, Nathan? I'm dreading the first defeat, if you know what I mean, because we're on this incredible 12-game unbeaten run. And there will be, there has to be at some point a loss, even though I don't want us to lose. You just assume there will be a loss. And I don't, I can't remember what it's like to lose, Nathan. I don't want to lose. (laughs) (laughs) This is a football oxymoron, a Brentford fan going, what does it feel like to lose? I know, (laughs) Stupid! It's so stupid. But every game I go into now, thinking I don't want to lose because I quite like this sort of unbeaten feeling. So yeah, bizarre. Um, what was your what was your first game? Do you remember? Yeah, gosh, I'm I'm I was about seven. I'm not yeah. going to say what death paid, but it was a long a long time ago. Um, and I was about seven. Uh, like I said, sorry. And it was my brother's birthday, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Bristol Rovers. It was a one-one draw. It was an autumnal. I think it was. My brother's born in November, early November, but I think it was October that we went, late October. And if you can imagine, when when the, when we played at Griffin Park, what end up, ended up being the away <laughs> end was, for a while, the home end. So we were sat in the top tier of what was known as the Wendy House. Yeah. Um, and I can picture, even now, right now, I can picture where I'm sat, the haze of the floodlights, the sort of reddish sky, if you can imagine, of an autumnal evening. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't the most amazing game in the world, but there was just something about it that, for us as a family just made us think this is something we could do more often yeah. and actually what made it really nice as well is there used to be a pub not far from Griffin Park it's not it's no longer there unfortunately um that the loads of fans were at and, and Bristol Rovers fans were there as well and they happened to one fan happened to come around from Bristol Rovers asked why we were all there because it was a group of kids told him told him it was uh, my brother's birthday and he made it he had a little whip round so they gave oh. my brother money so what a lovely sort of way to start the footballing sort of journey to have an opposition team being nice to us and um, yeah and it was one all draw. So, I was yeah. saying that must be very that must like uh, so lead you down the road of false pretense. Oh, football fans are nice, aren't they? Polite, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thankfully, we didn't really encounter any more uh, away fans until we were a lot older to really understand that actually they can be a bit nasty at yeah, times. Exactly. Um, okay, speaking of Griffin Park, right? Um, okay. Do you, what do you prefer, Griffin Park or the, the G-Tech? Oh, that's a harsh question. I would say, ah, oh, do you know, I love the G-Tech. I love it. And I think we've made it our home so quickly and we've adapted to it pretty easily. Um, and I love the fact oh. that it still feels quite intimate like Griffin Park. But of course, Griffin Park will always have my heart because that's yeah. where I fell in love with football. So, you know, <laughs> in, if you're talking memories and everything like that, everything pretty pretty much has been made at Griffin Park for me. Um, But I do love the G-Tech. I honestly do. And I think that I just love going there. And maybe that's part because of actually, since we've moved there, we've always been on an upward trajectory. Um, So it's all been positive. Um, But yeah, of course, my heart will always belong to to Griffin Park. But I I do love the G-Tech. I just think we've made it our home so easily. 
If you could take any elements from Old Griffin Park and put it into the G-Tech, what would you do? Ooh. Um, oh, good question. Can I have a couple of things? Go on. Just one. Go on. Well, you know what? I'd love, obviously, to have the away dressing room still as as it was at Griffin Park because it was vile. They had a they had one toilet that they couldn't even close the door of. It was so small, the cubicle. So <laughs> to make it really horrible for the away teams, that would be lovely. But of course, I'm not sure we'd get away with it in the Premier League anyway. But also what I loved is the fact that the players were quite accessible, if you know what I mean. Okay. They had to walk past. Well, you, if you were, especially in the Braemar Road's, end of um or side of griffin park the players always had to walk through kind of where the fans were yeah. and i just that i like the fact that you felt you could touch your heroes you could meet your heroes you could get your autographs and photographs and things like that which you can still do at the g tech but it just feels and again maybe this is just because of the premier league it just feels that they aren't as accessible as they once were okay oh, okay cool, cool i thought you would say yeah. maybe the, the, the pubs because no because you no know, there's a pub in each <laughs> corner of, of griffin park i don't know uh, listeners, exactly. if you don't know that, because Brendan fans, you never mention it. Um, yeah. No, to be fair, it's a good point. But um, do you know, I barely went in them, which is really awful, isn't it? Because I was always a bit naughty and got to the ground quite early with my with my family. So we didn't really go to the pubs that often. I went to a, a few times, but um, it wasn't like on my bucket list, if you know what I mean, to always do it. So, yeah, for me, I'm just talking more specifics of Griffin Park. Okay, all right. Uh, all right, next question. Favourite game? Ooh. Favourite ever game? Well, I mean, I have to... Oh, I probably do have to go with the playoff final because that just ticked off everything, didn't it? It was a culmination of a great season and also just getting over that hoodoo of finally winning a playoff, you know? Mm. When you think back to when the playoffs came in, what was it, the 80s, and our chairman at the time, it was kind of his his initiative it was his idea to bring in the playoffs and then when you think our chairman came up with that idea yet we were never benefited from it so it was just a bit ludicrous really so for us to finally do it to win a playoff final and for that playoff final to get us to Wembley yeah. and I was very lucky to be at Wembley where there was only about what 6,000 fans per side it was just very special and I was very fortunate to be there with my dad with my brother so just to be able to share that moment with them as well it's uh, yeah, that will always long live, ling, live long even in the memory. Would you not like? Would that not be your favourite? Oh, my favourite. Okay, oh, I'm, okay, I'm getting asked a question. Start with that or four-one at Fulham. Oh, that was a special game. I was, I was there for that. I was right, first row, right behind the goal. Where are you? I yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know who whoever was doing the tickets <laughs> must have really liked me. Um, but me and, me and Bob got good tickets, and there's a picture uh, of me and my brother just like banging the uh, the advertising hoardings as we're singing. Um, Amazing! Yeah. That was a great victory. I was there, but I was in the deepest, darkest territory of of the Fulham fans because I'd oh. gone with some I'd gone with some friends and we paid for a little bit of hospitality. That's why I know I know, but it felt good to to win and be in the naughty end, if you like. Um, but but obviously, people if, know that you're friendly. Well, if they did, they didn't say anything. They were very polite if they did. Um, although, having said that, when we were in the actual hospitality section, they did sort of clock on who I was, if you like, not to big myself up in any way. Um, <laughs> but they were very nice. They were very nice about it, you know. So, but this season alone, Nathan, we've had the most incredible 
games, haven't we? And, and you know, yeah. you could easily winning at Man City. I mean, I was there. And again, I was in enemy enemy line, behind enemy lines. Again, because I was invited and I went hospitality. Um, and just to be... Go to the theme here, man. I'm a bit prawn sandwich brigade. Natalie Hospitality Sawyer. Oh, hi. No, I know. I'm not doing myself any credit here. Um, but again, you know, when, you're, when we scored the late winner and I'm sat there with my boyfriend and he's and I'm squeezing his leg because you're thinking I can't celebrate but the only thing I can do is squeeze your leg and just be like I can't believe it's happening so yeah there's been some incredible moments this season and and um long way that continue talking of games let's go into our, our first our first quiz all right oh god um <laughs> It doesn't bug Oh, good. Um, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine. Okay, so it's called a trip down memory lane. Okay, you pick a game from yesteryear, and all you oh. have to do is name me the starting eleven, and it's a brilliant <laughs> game. This is never going to happen. Okay, go on. Then. Okay, so uh, first of all, for a bonus three points, can you tell me what happened on the 29th of May, twenty twenty one? Is that when we won promotion? <laughs> Why do you sound so nervous? Because I hate quizzes. I'm so bad at them. When, I, when, it, when I'm the one being quizzed, you know, and I'm on my own and no one to help me. If it's fine, I've got a team. I'm going to go uh, play off final, no? Was it play off final? Oh, Natalie. 29th of May. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah, it's correct. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, you got it. It's correct. Three points. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. Three points in the bag. Yes, that was our 2 0 win over Swansea, okay? Oh so, for the game, can you name our starting 11? <laughs> All right, for that <laughs> game, okay? You've got a minute on right. the clock from producer Joe. You have a minute a to minute. name the starting Brentford 11. Now, are you ready? Uh, so, I can just randomly shout out names, can't I? And you just tick them off. Yes. I don't okay. have to actually go like goalkeeper because I'm going to be here in a long time. Okay, okay yeah. Your time go. starts now. David Rea. Yes. Ivan Tony. Yes. Brian and Bermo. Yes. Uh, Matthias Jensen. Yes. Pontus Janssen. Yes. Dalsgaard. Yes. Uh, Pinnock. Yes. Ruslev, did you Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm now, I'm going, now I'm lost. Down to um, three. Yana? Three left. Yes. Yana? Yeah. Oh, now I've... Uh, Half Cam, a minute. Camas didn't start. Though. Yes, he did. Oh, did he? One left. Yeah. One left. Oh, jeez. 11 at 11. Oh, I don't know. I can't think now. Um, uh, I don't even know what position it is. I'm thinking. Um, oh, not Mark Condes. He didn't start. 11 at 11. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's never happened. It's never happened. <laughs> yeah, you no one's ever got 11 the time. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea how I pulled that out of the bag, but I'm quite impressed with myself, even though it was all over the place. But anyway. Bonus three points and 11 out of 11. I mean... Joe, that's a strong contender for like making a top. We've n- we've never had anyone start with fourteen points. Ooh. That's huge. You're already at the bottom of the table at the moment. Is uh, poor old Maisie Adam? You're only two points behind her, and you've got two quizzes left. No, no pressure. Don't mess us up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm glad I started off well though. That's a strong start. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into um, working for like uh, Sky and Talksport? How did you get? How did you get into the, the world of journalism? Oh gosh, um, 
do you know what? I went to university in Leeds and while I was, whilst I was up there, I ended up working for a company called Team Talk and they had a website, which they still do. They had a website and they had they, they had a very short lived radio station as well. But whilst working there and I had done work experience at Sky as well, I should say, as part of my university degree. So I'd kind of kept in touch with with people like you're supposed to do with your networking. Mm. Um, but actually, whilst I was at team talk there was somebody there that had worked at sky sports news in particular and had just given me the contact for the boss of sky sports news then and i just did what any person wanting to try and get into this industry does which is just hammer them with emails constantly in the hope that something might happen and um yeah so i would come down probably once a month for just an informal chat as he would call it and um which i did happily thinking oh maybe it'll come you know lead to a job or something and it actually did in the end i ended up getting a job as the runner so i started right at the bottom making all the teas and coffees i literally took the name as it came as being a runner so i would be running around <laughs> the studio and around the corridors doing all the little errands that i had to do because obviously i was at that time we were still working off proper tapes so mm. i'd have to run tapes here or go and collect tapes for for whatever reason so yeah that's how I kind of started and then worked my way up through through a production team because there was at that point five different production teams across a across a week of Sky Sports News let's say and um yeah and then that was it really eventually I got an opportunity to have a screen test did that and I kind of got the chance to go on air and that was it really the rest the rest is history do you remember like your first time on it? And we 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 bricking it. Do, do you know what? I, I wasn't as much as I was when I did my screen test because, in a weird way, I in my head I, I sort of had it. If I don't get past the screen test, I'll never do it. Mm. So I was really nervous about the screen test. And then once I I went on there, yes, I mean I was nervous, of course I was, but I didn't feel as nervous. Weirdly, and they kind of tried to ease me, like they do with most of them, at, or certainly at the time, they they eased you in gently. So you'd do an hour, and then you'd you wouldn't do it you know you'd go off and you might come back the next day and do another hour etc etc although I did an hour and then the next day I was rung up and told rather than do an hour we need you to do all five because the other presenter's sick now so you're just gonna have to do all five wow that was was quite a baptism if you like a five but it was great and I'm sure I was very wooden if I look back on it now I'd cringe because (laughs) I, I I imagine I was I thought I looked really calm but probably I'm looking like Ooh, rabbit in headlight the whole time <laughs> but um but yeah that was it really so um yeah I, of course I was nervous I mean I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't but like I say I felt like the screen test was more important because I had to nail that to then be given the chance to go on air how hard do you find it to kind of like keep it like professional because obviously it's live so anything can happen mm. yeah <laughs> oh loads of things have happened on air you know oh go on I was caught eating food loads of times when, because you, you know, you don't get much of a time to to eat. You know, you might get the ad break, but an ad break might be three, three, three and a half minutes, something like that. So it's very rare that you can eat your whole lunch in that time. So sometimes, you know, you'd, I don't know, you throw to a segment, hope, hoping that was a five minute segment elsewhere. And so you'd start eating and then that might malfunction for whatever reason. And then they have, obviously they have to cut back to you and, so there was a couple of times I remember literally having a fork in my mouth being like, mm, and then just swallow and get on with it. I'm, just, I'm so sorry. Um, and then I've had it as well when I had, uh, I was actually sent to St. George's Park to cover Sam Allardyce's first and what turned out to be only England training session. Um, 
And um, it, we were live all day from St. George's Park. And it was great. We had such a lovely time. But I, at one point I was, so you had, my microphone was at that point hardwired. So that means it was actually wired into the set as opposed to a handheld mic that you can walk around it uh, with. And my guest at that point was A.D. Boothroyd, who was the under 21 manager at the time. And he had a, a normal walk around mic. So we're just chatting. It was a beautiful day, I have to say. It was lovely and sunny. But out of nowhere, the sprinklers come on. So obviously, <laughs> nightmare. Um, he's able to run off because he's just got a normal mic that he can run away with. Whereas I, everywhere I'm trying to turn, the wire is getting caught and I cannot get out of the sprinklers. So I was absolutely <laughs> soaked by the end of it. But thankfully, there's a hotel there. So I was able to dry off, you know, with everything. But yeah, so I've had a few incidents and I'm sure there's plenty more as well. <laughs> Do you get like um okay so like I've done like TV stuff where you get the producers in your ear and stuff yeah, Do, yeah. are they like trying to make you laugh and trying to throw you off when you're talking um, I wouldn't say they're trying to put you off but there can be a time where like you know like so when you have your earpiece in you've got to learn to filter what's necessary and what's not because yeah. if you what is called open talkback so that is when it's just always open you can hear everything yeah. and then you have your huge or keyed talkback, I should say, when somebody specifically presses a button to talk to you. But when you've got the open talkback, you're hearing rustling of crisp packets and you're hearing day-to-day -day conversations that actually are really irrelevant to what you're doing. So you've got to learn to filter all that sort of nonsense. And occasionally, I mean, I remember, especially when I first started, I'd sometimes respond to them on air without <laughs> thinking and thinking, the viewers are probably thinking, why has she just said that? I mean, it makes no sense, but you know, you. So that's what you have to sort of learn as you go along that filter what's necessary. And, mm. you know, that's so, yeah, that's a skill in itself in some ways. What do you prefer, uh, TV or radio? Um, radio. I love radio. It's so much fun. I think it's a lot of, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed TV. And, and if given the opportunity, I'm sure I'd consider, you know, doing TV again. Mm. But. Um, I do love the freedom of radio. I think it's a freer medium in the sense that we're not as restricted to certain timings and also, especially on some of the shows that I do, if there's a conversation that we're enjoying, well, we can just carry that on. Yeah. Whereas a lot of certain TV, I mean, maybe there, you could say there are some TV shows that are like that as well, but I just feel like there's just a bit more freedom to the radio and um, what I what I particularly loved as well when I first started is you didn't really have to worry about what you looked like, but now we do have to worry because they put everything on social media now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think now I look as well, which I thought I'd escaped since leaving TV. But um, but you know, like I say, ultimately I do love radio and I loved having an opinion, which I feel like I'm getting better at, but worse at as well, if you like, because people don't like what I say. <laughs> sometimes what I say if I'm critical of their team or their manager yeah. for example but that's the name of the game okay uh last question about broadcasting um mm. do you find it hard to stay impartial or like do you ever <laughs> just let your your bees allegiances come out um I'm, I think I'm fair when it comes to Brentford in the sense that if I feel like we deserve bigging up I'll big us up and if I feel like we've put in a bad performance, then I will say we've put in a bad performance. Um, I, <laughs> I I, sometimes may mention Brentford more than I need to, but that's just, that's, that's the only thing I can relate to. So if we're talking about a subject that, you know, sometimes I can say, well, as a Brentford fan, this is what I've experienced. So that's yeah. how Brentford comes into the conversation a lot with me. But again, like I say, I can, sometimes I'm trying to relate 
something that we're talking about that I've experienced but as a Brentford fan. So um, I probably do talk about them more than I need to or have to, but my, they're my team. I can't help that. I'm, and I'm so bloody proud of them. So, you know, exactly. I have to be up I can. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Listen, I'm, <clears throat> especially at this current time, Brentford are doing well. I feel like it's, for the first time I could say Brentford and people are going, who? Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. We're, um, yeah, we're making our mark, which is which is a good thing. Okay, let's move on to the second game. This game is called Higher or Lower, okay? And it's Ooh. all about um, Brentford Premier League appearances. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Right. So, yep. I will give you uh, a current Brentford player. Yep. Uh, or, or Brentford player. You tell me if they've scored, if they've made more or less Premier League appearances. Not Football League, Premier League appearances. Premier League only. Oh, my gosh. Then right, the previous. Okay. And then we go, yeah. Yep, okay. okay. So, we'll okay. start off with, uh, first one, Kevin O'Connor, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we all know how many Premier League appearances he's made. <laughs> yes. Yes, zero. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's zero. a king. But... I, just, I don't know if this is a trick quiz. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never seen someone so nervous doing the quizzes show. <laughs> I want to do myself some justice, that's why. Okay, anyway, okay. so we'll start with zero. Kevin O'Connor. Okay, zero. So the first one will be given uh, Ben Mee. Has he made more or less? <laughs> I would say a few more. Yes. He's okay, so he's made 23. Okay, 23 Premier League appearances for Brentford, that is. Yeah. Okay. Pontus Janssen, has he made more or less than 23? Well, I would... Ooh, I would say more. And you'd be correct. 44. <gasps> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> like it. <laughs> Next up. Yeah. Kevin Shade, has he made more or less Premier League appearances than 44? I'm going down. He's made what? Yes. He's made five. Okay, five <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Ethan Pinnock, more or less than five Premier League appearances. More? Yes, 48. Is okay. Matthias Janssen, has he made more or less than 48 Premier League appearances for Brantford? That's a good one. That's I'm going to take... <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna say less. You say less? Yeah. And you would be incorrect. No way! So really? he, yes, he's made fifty-five. Oh, Fifty. Well, Thomas Frank does love him. He and does. He does. But I was just—I don't know. I felt like with Ericsson when he came in, maybe he didn't obviously get as look, a look in as much. But yeah. fair enough. Okay, so that's one, two, three. You got four there, right? So for the listeners at home, we'll continue just for fun, anyway. All right, yeah. so Matthias Jensen on 55. Sergi Canos, more or less than 55. Less? Yeah, 36. Okay. Josh De Silva, more or less than 36. Less. 33, yes. Ooh, gosh, um, it's more than Chris, I thought. Christian Eriksen, more or less than 33. Less? Yeah, 11. Uh, yeah. Ivan Tony, more or less than 11. Oh! Yeah, 55. And for the last one, for listeners, Johan Visser, more or less than 55. Less. 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 54. Yes. Oh, damn it. That Jensen, eh? Cheeky little man. <laughs> one off perfect so far. That's amazing. That's cruel. 
that you've only got four. But you have overtaken Maisie Adam now. So next <laughs> next is to take Ian Stone and potentially break Tom Toll's heart and get into the top four. That's the aim, that's the aim. How many is Tom Toll on? Tom Toll is on 23. He's clinging on. Oh, you can, you can get that, Abby. You can get that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no pressure, but you can get that. I'm doing it for bees. <laughs> um, speaking of players, actually, okay, so obviously there's a lot of players in Premier League at the moment who have played at Brentford, who've gone into you know, great things. If you could have any player back, who oh. would you have? Oh, good question. Um, do you know, probably I'd go side Ben Rama because I felt when he, obviously, when he was with us, and obviously if you remember... We'd obviously have Side on the left, you have Brian on the right, Ivan in the middle. I mean, they'd cause mayhem, I think. So, but a bit, bit harsh on Whistler because I love the Owen Whistler as well. Don't get me wrong. But I just, when we had Ben Rama, obviously Watkins and, and Brian, I just, it, they were fearsome three, weren't they? So to have him, and, and I sort of feel like West Ham fans do like Side Ben Rama, but they don't love him like we love him. So I think he should come home at some point, only if he's good though. I don't want to, like, you know, not as good Ben Rama. <laughs> yeah, and also if we can afford any wages now. Well, yeah, that, that's a problem in itself. But, um, but yes, I, I just feel like, just you know, when you just felt there was sometimes he had moments in games where he could just just turn it like that. He could turn yeah. a game in favour with his sort of trickery and his sort of low sense of gravity that he had. And, yeah, I, I just, I like I love to sign Ben Rama. Very yeah. special yeah, uh, my brother and I said the same thing. Like, he's, yeah. the, he's the one. It's like, oh, I think so. come back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go straight into the quick fire round. This is the last quiz. All right, so I'm going to describe as many players, um, not just Brentford, any football player as possible. <laughs> okay. Um, in 90 seconds, you have 90 seconds to guess as many as you can. All right. Okay. If you don't know, just say pass, and we'll move on. There'll be a lot of bastards coming up, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Yep. All right, your time starts now. Arsenal left back, also Ukrainian. Uh, Zinchenko. Yes. Um, he was a top dog at Chelsea and Ivory Coast. Striker. Big man. Drogba. Drogba. Yes. Um, speedboat without any end product at Wolves. Oh, Traore. Yes. Um, West Ham striker. Um, doesn't really get a game as much anymore. Um, played at Forest. Yes. Um, Bayern Munich winger. Played at Man City. Afro. German. Sane. Yes. Um, Brighton and Argentinian. The unmost, un, un, uh, Alistair. Yes. Brentford's number one. David Rea. Yes. Former Arsenal captain midfielder. Spanish went to Barcelona. I don't know where he is now. Lost. I don't know. So that again, but Arsenal... Arsenal midfielder and captain, maestro, went to Barcelona. Then he went to, think, went to Monaco, I think. Not Bellerin. No, no, midfielder, midfielder. What? Won the league with Chelsea. Oh, this? I don't know, pass. Okay, fine. Bournemouth striker, Bournemouth striker. Um, okay, his first name is the same as Campbell, who left Spurs to go to... Oh, no, his surname. Um, left Spurs to go to Arsenal. Okay, pass. Forget it. Don't worry. Okay, eighty million pounds on the main night bench. Defender. Uh, Maguire. Yes. Arsenal general. Plays for Ghana. General. Oh my yes. God. Pa- Partey. No. Yes. Time. <laughs> oh, oh. 
stress. Honestly. Oh my goodness. That was quite stressful. It's fun though, but really stressful. <laughs> Who's the one that didn't get? Cess Fabregas. Oh gosh. And then the Bournemouth striker, Dominic Solanke. I didn't know how to describe Solanke, so I was like, Sol is in Campbell. And then I was gonna and then I was gonna say someone who's really? quite tall and skinny is lanky yeah. so you put it together oh. so oh that was a, that would have been good um i'd probably still be like huh? what <laughs> um so yeah i'd have been like sun large, sun large? <laughs> um oh very good very good you're very good very good at describing to be honest very good um okay joe how many was that that was a nine i can confirm you've made the top four it's huge. Yay. Someone who said they weren't I very good has. I cannot wait to tell Tom Toll. <laughs> he will be broken. <laughs> if that means that the bees finish in the top four come the end of this season, I'll be absolutely delighted. <laughs> um, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you, man. I can oh. I can listen to your stories all day. Um, oh. but we got we got. Thank you for coming on. Um, if people want to, uh, want to follow you and you know, find you, where can they do so? Uh, well, I, I work most weekends on TalkSport in the morning between 6 and 9, sometimes 10 o'clock. And also you can find me on Twitter at Natalie Sawyer. And at Instagram is also, but that's uh, NL Sawyer. Because when I started Instagram, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I did it all wrong. Um, but anyway, that's, that, they're my two handles on social media wise. But yeah, mainly on TalkSport is where you can find me. Wicked. Thank you so much again. Uh, guys, that's this has been a good episode, man. Uh, yes, I'm biased, but I don't care. It's my podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, as ever, spread the word to fellow football fans. You know, this has been That's My Team for me and Nathan Caton. Till next time, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>